1: and I'm pulling up the Joe's Carney Facebook page to see if they've got information posted quite yet about the Indoor Cart League that's going to be uh, relaunched in, uh, I believe, November.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I think it was the first week in November.
1: Uh, they don't have anything quite yet. Oh, here we go. League calendar. So they're going uh, November 1st, 8th, 15th, 22nd, and 29th, and then December 8th. Then they're taking a three-week hiatus for the holidays. And then they're back January 3rd, 10th, 17th, 24th, 31st. And then the league concludes on February 7th. Get more information on the Joe's Carding Facebook page. Get signed up for it. It's going to be a good time. I'm told that they are working on creating a system that they'll be able to have race sievers. And there is going to be a special celebrity flagman. And I'm not talking about Tracy Weber. You'll have to find out as time uh, as the event gets a little bit closer, Joe's carding on Facebook page. All right, Dirk. We got a lot to talk about today. News or results first. Oh, let's go with the news. Ryan Blaney and, uh, the number 12 team have decided to withdraw their appeal. Well, that's a little odd Dirk. It's Mm -hmm. almost like they appealed in order to keep their crew chief and crew members for a bit of a tricky race. Uh, and, and only to withdraw it because they realized they're probably going to lose it anyways, but it kind of feels like maybe they played the system.
0: Well, they didn't really play the system cause they didn't win the race,
1: but they got they a what, to...
0: third, fourth place finish. Yeah. They, they had a fast car and they even won a stage. So it was a good points day for them. But now if I remember right, when I looked at the standings last night, I think it's only like a 40 point spread or 38 point spread from first to eighth. So there Uh, is nobody locked in 30, 30 points. Okay. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, yeah, nobody's locked in anywhere. You know, the guy that, that had a chance of really opening things up was Chase Elliott. And he ended up second or third guy out, Mm -hmm. you know, leading the race and uh, you know, had issues. So, So here's Um, the,
1: I think the strategy they looked at. So the penalty came after Bristol and they were looking to lose their crew chief for Texas, Talladega, Charlotte, and Las Vegas. Instead, they appealed. Was that on Thursday or Friday? They appealed Thursday. Had to been Thursday.
0: Yeah, it was on Thursday.
1: So they appealed on Thursday because of the appeals rules. They were able to retain the crew chief, uh, Jonathan something, and then they withdrew it. So everybody, yeah. So now they're going to lose the crew chief and the two crew members for Talladega, Charlotte, Las Vegas, and Homestead. I think this played out exactly like they, they completely played the system. They looked at it and said, Texas is a bit of a tricky track. We need our crew chief on the pit box. So we're going to appeal this Talladega. I mean, there might be one or two calls that need to be made, but we could do that as a team. Charlotte Roval. That's a tough track, can be a tough road course. Vegas and Homestead, I I feel like they looked at this and said, we need the crew chief for Texas more than we need him for Homestead. Let's go ahead and appeal it, get the crew chief back, race Texas, try to get as many points as possible, and then we'll lose him for Homestead.
0: Well, it wasn't because Texas is tricky. Texas was a, a track they run good at. Texas, they literally had a chance to win. And it proved when they won the second stage, they were like a rocket ship in the second stage. Yeah. Their goal was to win. They put all their eggs in the basket to win that. They win Texas, past tech, they're into the next round. Mm-hmm. You know, they can lose the the crew chief for the next two races. Doesn't really matter. Right. You know, and then they get into the Vegas and homestead. They're gonna lose him two out of three spots the next round. But if they'd win Texas, they'd automatically advance.
1: And we know that Ryan can lose plenty of points at Talladega and Charlotte. These are tracks that can make or break a lot of playoff contenders.
0: Well, Ryan's won Charlotte before. He's won at the Roval. Yeah. I don't think he's won Talladega before. You'd know that better than me. I don't think he has. I know he's won at the
1: Roval. Do you see NASCAR issuing some sort of revision to the appeals process so that teams aren't able to take advantage of this
0: nope it's happened before and it'll keep happening all right then <laughs> the only the only revision would be that once you file the appeal there's going to be an appeal you don't get to withdraw it and if you don't win your appeal they add an extra race suspension
1: i think that's in this specific situation i i agree It was an appeal. They, they pretty
0: much knew they weren't going to win.
1: Exactly. This you can't look at this any other way. than they saw Texas and said, we got a good opportunity to win at Texas and lock ourselves into the next round. Let's appeal this so that we get our crew chief and our team members back. And then we'll deal with it on Monday.
0: So, but you know, it didn't quite go like they expected. And I didn't see where, where he was sitting, but I think he's. um, 12, 15 points, something like that. 20 points, maybe. To the good right now? 15. 15. Yeah, I I, kind of glanced at him. So, you know, is his crew chief going to make that big a difference at Talladega? Um, You might see him running around the back until the end of the stages and try and come up through the crowd just to stay out of trouble. Yep. Um, And in all practical purposes, you might not even see him worry about any stage points, even though he probably should worry about them. You know,
1: at Talladega,
0: yeah. And if he mm-hmm. can qualify good enough, I mean, the Fords run pretty good at the big tracks, and uh, him and Joey get to work and get a little bit together, or him and uh, Austin Cindric get to working together. I mean, maybe he tries to just get up front and stay up front the whole race. You know, the crew chief again at Talladega, like we said a little bit ago, is not that big a deal, right? And I don't think the crew chief's that big a deal at the roval. Um, you've only got a few races there. It's only been around for a couple of years. Um, they do the road course thing different. That's where you see the guys, you know, the leaders all pitting two laps before the end of the stage type deal. Cause
1: um, they're going for the win more than they're going for the stage points.
0: Right. But you might see just depending on where Blaney's sitting at the time, if, if he's running up front, he might pit and go for the win, you know, cause he would still move on at that point. Um, but if he's back in 12th or 15th and he stays on the track and he tries to get the, to get the stage points, if he can win a couple stages or whatever, you know, you got 20 points, that's like running 15th or something, you know, 15th, 12th or something in the race. And he's good enough at the road course. He'd be able to come back in the third stage and get that type of finish. So, you know, uh, Talladega is going to be his crap shoot. If he gets caught up in a big one, he's going to, being a, pretty much a must-win situation for Charlotte, but if he can survive Talladega, and uh, you know, you look at Daytona. If this, if Talladega is another race like Daytona, they just had a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. Boy, you talk about scrambling this top ten.
1: Yeah, I you know, really see. I really see that team strategy going into Talladega on Sunday. Right around the back, just avoid the issues. Really, the the 15-point advantage is great. They're sitting fifth in the points. Uh, I think that they can only lose this race off of a reckless strategy, and and I think they run around in the back until 10 to go, and maybe they make a couple of charges to the front and see how they do and, and how their car reacts with other Fords or other Penske's or whatever. Uh, but for the most part, I think they play it
0: safe. Yeah, you know, I, I, I said that exact same thing. you know, Will they try and maybe get some stage points? Who knows? If it's there,
1: uh, if if they're running 15th and they've got a good car, they go for it and try to get some stage points because that only adds to the points that you take away from
0: the track. They're not going to be running 15th. They're either going to qualify up front and try and stay there or they're going to be in the back. They ain't going to run around in 15th. They just won't do that. They can't afford to.
1: Jimmy Johnson said that he is set to retire from full-time racing again. Again, uh, Junior Motorsports still considering adding a Cup Series team said there's still some uh, things that need to be worked out. But I think one of the things that they talked about in this article was that the $20 million price tag for a Cup Series charter doesn't seem to be slowing their decision down at all. That doesn't seem to be what's holding them back is probably the better way of putting it.
0: Yeah. Um, in all honesty, with 35 and 36 car fields outside of Daytona where they're going to have plenty of horsepower to be able to qualify, you know, their Waterloo at Daytona would be the twins on Thursday Mm -hmm. if they would get, you know, crashed in one of the twins. But I would think they would be one of the teams that could qualify and be locked in on speed and wouldn't have to worry about the rest of the races when there's only, you know, I think there was – maybe one full field since daytona so they'd be in the show again it does pay a little more money and stuff like that but it's going to take several years of that little bit more money to cover that 20 million for the charter
1: yeah and it the other thing that it does is that it guarantees them a starting position that charter is very very important to a lot of teams that are out there trying to get big time sponsorship then to be able to say hey if there's a fluke race and 42 cars, 45 cars show up and qualify, and we have a bad qualifying effort, You may, your your sponsorship may not be out on the racetrack. Uh, well, so I, I think that's a, a factor, too, that helps a lot. It, it, I guess it basically the best way to put it is it helps a lot of these teams sleep at night, and the sponsors, too, knowing that they're going to be out on the racetrack when they got a charter.
0: Well, the $20 million investment, like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if he just doesn't buy the charter. He's just going to have one team.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't think it's necessary. You know, I don't think there's going to be these fluke races where there's going to be 40 and 42 cars outside of Daytona. Daytona is the only race where it pays enough money to take that risk. Cause the, the other teams that show up aren't going to have a charter. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I see them, you know, go ahead and, and, uh, you know, maybe the first year trying to lease one.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: If they can. Um, but as far as buying one, does somebody have one they're going to sell? Is there a team folding? That's the, the road to buy one.
1: That's really what what's driving this up. And I think the other thing is is that Junior Motorsports has got the money to spend. You know, if if I'm talking to somebody about buying my charter and and it's Rick Ware Racing versus Dale Earnhardt Jr. Racing or Junior Motorsports. I'm coming to, to Junior with a larger number because I know they've got the money
0: to spend. I, you know, twenty million is a lot of money in the in the in the in your shop. Absolutely, you absolutely.
1: I mean, that's half. Well, the last number I saw was that it was roughly forty million dollars to fully fund, fully operate a Cup Series team. I think that numbers come down considerably. So I
0: don't think it has. I don't think it's come down considerably. I do know it gets cheaper the more teams you have.
1: Yeah, so I I think it has. Cause they, they, that was a number from Joe Gibbs racing on the number 18 team. I don't remember where I saw that number, but you're talking less crew members, less time at the racetrack, less new engines in the car. There's a lot of changes that have been made that to, to scale that back. And, and maybe now the number is more like 30 million as opposed to 40 million to have a, and I've, I left this part out top tier cup series team.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, I still, uh, I still don't think Junior's all that worried about that. Yeah, I agree. I just think the investment for the return. You know, I think I don't think he'd make a million dollars extra in a season.
1: What did we figure up with Starcom Racing? Didn't they have an article that when they bought their charter for what, couple million, five million?
0: I I remember their charter being like three million or something.
1: Okay and then they sold it for like 15 so they made a profit off of that part of it but they also talked about they basically made their money back even being a a back finishing team they made their money back in a couple of years off that charter again we're talking thought, 3 million to 20 million
0: i thought that charter was a lot more than 15 when they sold it finally i, I think that's was, more i think uh when didn't 2311 get that charter
1: i think so i think it went to 2311
0: yeah, I was thinking it was more than 15 million, but I could be wrong. I mean, we didn't talk about it one time and that's, you know, you know, I don't like the rule, so yeah. I really don't pay a whole lot of attention to it. But, you know, if if it's going to pay enough in 36 races, I mean, I did the math at one time. What did have to pay uh, an extra hundred thousand a race or something like that? Yeah. <laughs> you know, to even, you know, and that was over a five year period. Well, it doesn't pay an extra 100000 a race. It might pay an extra 5000 or 10000 a race.
1: Well, but it, it might. If you're somebody like Junior Motorsports, and again, this is probably the reason why it's raising the price so much more, is because he has the opportunity to get into more of those contingency monies of being a playoff driver for bonus money, being a uh, maybe a Final Four contestant, uh, Final Four driver for bonus money, being the you know, possibly even a champion for bonus money.
0: See, I don't think any of that depends on the charter.
1: It does. It absolutely does. Because how do you they, figure? they talked about Jimmy Johnson's 48 car made more money per race because he was, it was a legacy charter because it was a 48 team that had raced the entire time. He was a past champion. He was a pre- previous season uh, playoff driver. Like he got a bunch of bonus extra money because he was, In he was uh, more of uh, all the reasons I just listed. A lot of the same things that you talked about when there was that, what do they call it back in the day?
0: All the contingency money. The winner's circle? There was contingency money. You know, you got X amount of dollars for running uh, uh, Wix filters on your car. If you got in the top, whatever, three spots or five spots, I don't remember what they all paid. But you might get an extra two thousand dollars. Yeah, you know there, there was no contingency money from that I remember from Goodyear because Goodyear signed with NASCAR to be the official tire. Everybody had to run the same tire. Goodyear didn't have to pay anything.
1: Mm-hmm. They just the regular money. contingency
0: money still have. It's like right now you go to the L- SLMR and they got contingency stuff.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yep. You know? I I I know that there are elements of the charter that if you're a previous champion, you get an extra bonus. If you're a legacy charter, you get an extra bonus.
0: Yeah, but Junior's not going to have any of that.
1: Exactly. Right. Until he goes out there and wins it. So if he goes out there and he's a playoff, he gets into the playoffs one season. Now, all of a sudden, he's got a little extra money for the next season.
0: Yeah. And it's a little more likely that he's going to make that money back. But that's when the charter becomes effective. It doesn't become effective the first year. He's not going to get all that extra money. Cause yeah, he's, not he's not a fast champion. He's not a playoff qualifier. None of that happened.
1: Well, you don't buy a charter to run one season. You buy no. a charter because you're going to make your money back in the coming years.
0: How did, uh, you know, I don't think Starcom is going to agree with you. There. That's, that's you know, exactly
1: who we heard it from. When the guy from Starcom came on, he said, we're not buying this charter for a one season deal. We're in it because we're committed and we're going to stick with it for as long as we can. And they stuck with it for what, five seasons? Uh, no, um, three seasons. No, it was, I think it was technically five because they started in Kansas in October and they finished, and that they was-
0: Kansas in October of 17. So they raced full seasons, 18, 19, and 20. Three, three seasons and a couple races. They sold out to 2311 that started last year, right? Or is this 2311's first year?
1: This is 2311's second, second year. year.
0: 21 and 22.
1: First, first time with a second car.
0: Okay, yeah, that's correct. Okay, so they ran four years. And the fourth year was kind of a hodgepodge season.
1: Two, three. You know? Sarcom raced four seasons under the charter system. Or raced four seasons, three of them under the charter system. So right. we're both rightish.
0: But I'm just saying... Um, I don't think the charter pays for itself. It's not going to pay you a million dollars extra money, no matter what bonuses you get.
1: Yeah. It's it's, right. Yeah. It's a, it's a long-term investment. And I, I think we both agree on this part when you're getting to the 20 million price tag, it's a little outside of its usefulness.
0: That's exactly what I'm saying. Earnhardt ain't going to worry about it. That's why, He's you know not saying anything about you know the twenty million dollar price tag. I ain't buying it's what he's saying.
1: No, he's not. That's not what the article says. He's not worried right. about the twenty million dollar price tag.
0: That's what he it's quoted as. Exactly. He's not worried about it because he ain't gonna buy it. All right, I tell thinks. you what,
1: we're gonna do a bet. If Dale Earnhardt Jr., if Junior Motorsports joins the Cup Series. If he buys a charter, you owe me dinner. If he doesn't buy a charter, I owe you dinner.
0: Oh, no, 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 because somebody might sell him a charter for five million bucks.
1: Well, if he's not worried about the the going rates, twenty million.
0: Well, now let's put that limit on it. If he pays twenty million or more for a charter, then yeah, I'm well, in you on know this. Bet.
1: You know, we're not going to get the exact price tag.
0: Yeah, but you know, you're talking about a charter that's twenty million. I'm telling you, he is not going to spend twenty million for a charter he won't do it and if he gets a charter believe me the price will come out might not be the first day might not be the second day but the price will come out
1: all right what's your basement on the charter money 15 million i and and you owe me dinner
0: i don't think he'll buy yeah i don't think he'll buy i don't think he'll spend 15 million for one okay Can- like i said right now nobody's selling one okay. so he doesn't have to worry you know somebody's going to sell him a charter for 20 million who's going to do that
1: We've gone on way too long talking about this charter.
0: <laughs> I don't see I don't see him buy, worrying about buying a charter. That's why he's not worried about the price, because he ain't going to buy it.
1: I think he does, because he's got the opportunity to go to sponsors and say, we got a guaranteed starting position. Let's talk about sponsoring my
0: car. Okay, talk about sponsoring my car. My name's Dale Earnhardt Jr. Cha-ching! He yes. don't need no charter to sell his name. Mm. I was the most popular driver in NASCAR every year I was in it after my father died. Cha-ching.
1: I don't think that matters these days. Who yeah. are you going to go get? Mountain Dew? Not in the sport anymore. Budweiser? They're NASCAR's boy now.
0: Like I said, I don't think, there's, there's so many sponsors that come in and show up on these cars. Half these companies that I see anymore, I have no idea who they are. Yeah. If they don't specifically talk about them, you know, and do something in the pre-race and talk about their new sponsor, unless I'm reading it, you know, somewhere in a, a NASCAR page or one of the teams I follow. I got no idea who these, who these companies are.
1: Let's move along. Cause we're going to talk about this next one for quite a while.
0: Okay. And, and
1: only because, and I think, you know, what, what we're going to talk about NASCAR came out Monday actually came out uh, Sunday night and said, uh, yeah, sorry. We kind of missed the whole William Byron spending, spinning Denny Hamlin on purpose deal. Uh Sorry. But uh, they also kind of I I haven't watched the the press conference with Steve Miller, Scott Miller, who's the uh, NASCAR senior vice president. But uh, apparently during the conversation, he said uh, something to the effects of there could be a penalty coming for William Byron later Uh this week. Now, my first question to you is. How the hell do you miss that? (laughs) NBC actually covered it well. USA actually covered it, but like Denny said in his tweet, when he was going around under yellow, he saw it on the big screen five times on Big Hoss. How does NASCAR miss that that, that situation?
0: Well, first of all, the guys that are in the tower that are going to make that decision are very busy under caution laps doing a lot of different stuff, okay? And they are. That's just a fact. So obviously nobody eyeballed it and saw it happen. So when they're seeing the replay, they're trying to figure out what happened. So the fact, if, if they didn't make the penalty during the race, if they come out and drop a bomb on him here on Wednesday or Tuesday, I got no problem with it. They fixed their mistake. Yeah. You know, when he, when's the last time, I can't even think of the last time I remember when they penalized somebody you know, it might've been Kevin's har- Harvick's deal when he spun somebody in a truck race. And because well, I, he wouldn't come to the holler and talk to people that he ended up getting suspended a race.
1: Or was it, would you consider the Matt Kenseth, Joey Logano?
0: No, no. Cause that was so blatant, you know, <laughs> that was, that yeah. was just ridiculous. It I was. mean, um, that's one of the reasons now why you got this five minute clock and all this stuff. Cause Kenseth wouldn't even been on the track. under the new rules is
1: there what about um is there an effect is there a a nascar official on the spotter stand the spot yes so the 11 spotter could have gone over and said they wrecked us on purpose whether he did or not is another question but that that's a possibility
0: well and yeah that's a possibility and then the 24 spotter comes over and said no we didn't yeah yeah you know So yeah, it's, he's not going to make a call like that.
1: This is, it's, it's very interesting to see this. (laughs) I would have assumed NASCAR would have been well over that, but like you said, they're busy trying to, it's, it really is fascinating. There's a, there was an article or a, a piece. I don't remember where it was from, but basically one of the major NASCAR reporters got access into that booth for one race and got to listen to the whole orchestra of how, they handle a race and how they call a race. And it was really fascinating. And if you ever go to the racetrack and you race a racing, you rent a racing electronics radio set, you can listen to the NASCAR officials when the caution comes out, you know, what's he say, put it out, put it out, caution, turn two, put it out. And then he says he orchestrates exact ambulances or record crews where they need to go cleanup crews where they need to look at it's it really is
0: another voice that does that that's somebody else you know uh does the cleanup and the and the records and the ambulance that's the safety guy okay that's the race director
1: it's really amazing to to listen to how that all works because it's uh it's a symphony it's really really interesting to watch and i completely agree with you that they've got a lot of other things to listen to rather than paying attention to to two cars because you got 40 cars on the racetrack ideally what more like 35 36 that you're dealing with at the time
0: and they've got uh they're looking at the different scoring loops to try and figure out exactly where the yellow came out so they can get the cars in the right order i mean they were just coming out when those scoring loops when i was you know before right before i quit and i mean a track like texas had four loops now it's probably got 40 You know, those loops Mm -hmm. are on a pretty regular basis. They didn't even have the scoring loops on pit road yet when I was Mm -hmm. still an official. Now they got all that going on. So there's somebody watching that stuff as they're doing their pit stops to make sure, you know, they're not speeding in, speeding out, in the box. You know, there's so much stuff going on. um, It's craziness up there. Absolutely. All right, we got some. The bad part about the scanner, like you were mentioning, when you listen to the NASCAR channel, that's just the main channel. You don't yeah. hear the rest of it. <laughs> the <other laughs> there is a secret channel. <laughs> that on there. You know, when you're on pit road working a pit stall, you've got like three channels that you're going to work with. Yeah. Got a, a, like a help channel mm-hmm. where, uh, I mean, the day I was working Coy Gibbs pit when I was talking about Harvick's deal and coach Gibbs tapped me on the shoulder and said, Harvick just said he's going to spin his out. And uh, so I turned around and I was waiting because they were talking about some lineup stuff on the radio. And once it cleared up, I went over and told the tower to go to channel five is what we used back then. And then I went over to channel five and I didn't get the race director. I got my series director. And I said, I got coach Gibbs uh, tapping me on the shoulder here um, saying he was just told that Harvick's going to spin out the 18 truck on this restart. And about that time they're coming and they're getting the one to go signal. And that's back when they did two wide restarts and on the lap down, Koi is on the pole because he's a lap down and Harvick's right behind him. Hmm. And I'm going, oh. and so I, I turn around and Joe taps me and he goes, what are you going to do about it? I said, I radioed the tower. You heard me. And he just gave me a thumbs up. And when they came by and took the green flag, Harvick was under Coy's back end. He let him down to go into turn one, and he dumped him in turn two. And before Harvick got to turn three, he was told to park his truck. <laughs> park the six. Well, then Harvick drove into the garage area, the park is, and then he went right up and literally parked it against the back door of the truck series hauler so nobody could get in and out of the back door of the haul. And then he walked and went to his motorhome, and he was summoned to the hauler for the, you know, the truck series director and he wouldn't go and that's when he got sat down the next day hmm.
1: all right uh we got some good news late sunday night that cody Ware had been released from the infield uh, care center he'd been checked over and he was doing good uh boy that was a scary wreck
0: yeah um very similar if you go back and look in 2004 uh david rudiman as a rookie had the same wreck and when he came to a stop he came to a stop in the pit box i was working it was a truck series race at texas and uh he was out cold but it was the exact same thing somebody from i mean he wasn't in his own pit box but some one of the pit guys from the box we i was working i don't remember it might have been dennis setzer um one of his guys jumped in and flapped a couple of the switches to shut the truck off
1: yeah very very scary wreck there
0: but he's okay one of the other guys went and turned the went in the other side and turned the uh, electronics completely off, you know, hit the power but uh, knob and and turned all the everything off. But uh, yeah, it's you hit, there's a lot of G's and at that angle hitting that wall on the outside, um, that's hitting a ton, and then he caught the very corner of the pit road wall. So he had like a double whammy, but they came out before the race was over and said he's got ankle discomfort. All x-rays are negative. He passed concussion protocol. So they're planning on him running uh, Daytona, or not Daytona, but Talladega next week.
1: So unlike the quarterback for the Miami Dolphins, they actually did concussion protocol on Cody (laughs) Ware.
0: That's what they said.
1: (laughs) All right, uh, let's talk about the results from Texas. It was an interesting topsy-turvy day. Tyler Reddick, non-playoff driver. Does that make four races in a row that a non-playoff yeah. driver is one? Yep. Wow. Joey Logano, who was my pick for the weekend, ended up finishing second. Justin Haley, third. Ryan Blaney, fourth. Chase Briscoe, fifth. Eric Jones, William Byron, Brad Keselowski, Kyle Larson, and Danny Hamlin round out your top 10. Really bad days. Kyle Busch. Uh, somebody said, what do you guys have to do to write the ship? I think his response was 2023.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, when you blow up two engines out of three races and I think yesterday, it looked like he had a tire blow. I don't think he cut one down. I just think they had a whole lot of uh, adjustment in that front end. And I think he just blew a tire. I think, I hate to say it, but I think he's almost like a guinea pig car, guinea pig car for for Gibbs right now. You know, well, you, I, you talk about the lame duck.
1: Yeah. And I, I got to believe that he is. We, we've talked about this several times that when you're in a, group like that a team like that and you're not in the playoffs you're eliminated they're going to start messing around with different things they can do with that car yep. uh christopher bell playoff contender worst of the playoff drivers finished 34th we talked about chase elliott he finished uh 32nd did he have a tire blow also or did it go flat and he smacked the wall
0: no um he somehow had a whole blunt bunch of flames coming out the right front uh i never saw anything where he hit the wall. So I really don't know what happened, if he blew an engine up, if he blew a uh, possibly a brake line or power steering hose or something. Um, but it's like it caught all the rubber buildup underneath uh, the right front in the in the wheel well and had a pretty good fire going. So because he cut through a whole bunch of people and, you know, almost crashed two or three guys, but he was trying to get it into the grass and get the hell out of the car.
1: Alex Bowman, 29th. Bubba Wallace, 25th. Again, they have a playoff marker next to Bubba Wallace because he's in the uh, championship owner's points. Um, the way the uh, points lay out right now, Joey Logano is your points leader. 30 points going into Talladega. That's nothing. That can go away in a heartbeat.
0: Well, and that's that's 30.
1: Above the cut, right. yep,
0: uh, 30 the cut line. Right. Yeah, 30 above the cut line.
1: Ross Chastain is second, 18 points above the cut line. William Byron third, he is 17 points above right now. If NASCAR does penalize him, do you see a points penalty coming or maybe a pass through penalty going into Talladega?
0: Um no. I really don't. I uh I don't think it's big enough that they're going to try and jack with the uh the playoff standings. Yeah. I see it just being, you know, like a $50,000 fine or maybe a $100,000 fine. I don't see them, you know, docking him 10 points or anything like that. I just, I just don't see it. I don't think it was that that important of a deal. Yeah. Hamlin's still got a top 10 finish. If Hamlin would have got wrecked and been out, maybe. then I could see something like that.
1: Yeah. The four drivers that are below the cut line, Briscoe, Cindric, Bell, and Bowman. Bowman, 30 points out. He's kind of getting into a situation of a must-win. Same thing with Christopher Bell. Austin Cedric is 11 points out, and Chase Briscoe is 4 points out. Now, again, these they could have good days at Talladega and turn things around. We'll have to wait and see. That's going to do it for us in turn number one. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back to turn number two. Stu Snyder and Cole Wayman are going to join us, and we're going to talk about the tiny Lund at Shelby County Speedway. Take, we'll be right back on the front stretch.
0: The official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is happy hour, featuring dollar-off draft and well drinks, plus $4 luberitas. Mondays are kids' night. Tuesdays are all-you-can-eat wings for $12.95. And the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube, Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get too quick to steak and lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch.
1: Welcome back to the front stretch. Rolling into turn number two. Presented by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch. Get over to Quaker Steak and Lube and Council Bluffs for all of the Sunday NASCAR action. All of the Sunday uh, football action, Saturday football action. And I just uh, got the realization today that... The NBA is going to be starting up soon, so you know they'll have all the basketball action on the big screen to quit your stake in Lube. And this is your final week to get registered for the Pallet of Bush Lights. Yes, for just $30 a ticket, you can win a Pallet of Bush Light. I bought myself two tickets. I bought James two tickets. I got them sitting right in front of me right now. Hopefully, uh, I can win or James can win them either way. We're going to have a good party if one of us wins Get out of Quaker Steak and Lube before Thursday's Classic Car cruising. That's the cutoff to get yourself registered for the uh, Pallet of Bush Light. Well, we're doing something a little bit different tonight. Joining us on the show, the driver of the number 5 and 23S Sprint car, Stu Snyder. Superman, how you doing, bud?
3: Doing all right. Just got done washing the car from Saturday night at Harlem.
1: Jeez, taking your time getting it cleaned up, huh?
3: Well, yeah, normally we do it the day after, but uh, it's kind of a late night. So Two late nights, yeah. Uh, yeah i didn't really worry about it also joining (laughs) us on
1: the show uh he drove the number 18 crate limited light model otherwise known as the and Wright light model in my neck of the woods uh cole wayman also drove the number three uh a modified cole how you doing bud i'm doing good it has been some time since we've had both of you on the show i
2: believe yeah it's been a while
1: i think cole might have been
2: uh this a long time ago
1: Cole, I think it might have been your track championship for Eagle.
2: Yeah, that would have been the
1: last time. Wow, that, that's taken far too long. But I that wanted was to get a
0: you... radio world, wasn't it?
1: Yes, that would have been radio time, I believe. <laughs> I wanted to get you both on because I know you guys are both uh, pretty well versed and and got some good, um, uh, well, words. Um, <laughs> driving separate <laughs> types of vehicles one, one a modified in a in a braggartite light model the other a uh a sprint car and, and i think one of you guys is aspiring very hard to become a sprint car driver but i'm not going to let that out of the bag we'll talk about that <laughs> another time
0: uh so, got one guy that is and one that's not but one yeah Gee, i wonder Frew who that figure it out <laughs> well, i didn't
1: want to spell it out like that dirk i was gonna a <laughs>
0: little veil of secrecy even a former tech guy got that one right
1: <laughs> there's not much he gets by you uh <laughs> so Stu, let's start off with you talk about your couple of days at the uh at the tiny lund and i kind of want to also discuss you know obviously address a couple of the issues but kind of how you felt things went from from uh, your experience
3: Um, uh, you know friday was friday was good you know they had cloud cover um obviously with running a lot of cars and a lot of classes uh you get a lot of laps on that racetrack so you know the cloud cover and the rain that they got during the week kind of helped them out pretty you know pretty tremendously there on on friday night and the, and the track was really really good for us pretty much all night long it built a good cushion um and and i kind of was was uh, knew that the late models would help us with that normally they go out there and they try and you know their tires are kind of similar to ours so they build a they, they help us kind of build a cushion um and it still had a decent bottom too it was just right around the right around the tires in the infield you know i i think looking back at it i don't think they thought that they were going to have that many cars um and that many races you know that that this deal was going to blow up as big as it did which was which is great for them and it's i hope that uh i hope that we can get over there next year maybe and and be able to be part of one of their weekly shows when they don't have as many cars and and i know that i know that shortening the facility and and, and making it making it more of a racy track was a was a good step especially for the sprint car guys because sometimes when we get on the big tracks you know it just just kind of follow the leader um you know yeah we ran late you know but there again i just i don't think that they thought it was going to be as big as it as it was and I think I had heard that Salina had ended up raining out, so they had quite a few cars come that were planning on going to Salina. Um, And, of course, that added some time. It was a little congested uh, getting into the pits at the beginning of the night. You know, it's it's on a Friday, or it was on a Friday. Everybody gets off work, going to the track. And, well, you know, incidentally, we all hit the track basically at the same time. Um, But I thought it went went really well for their – for their, uh you know kind of bringing it back and and reviving the tiny Lund deal and and uh you know then on saturday there was just there was a lot of cars i mean i think there was you know they had 230 some cars on saturday or friday they had 260 some cars on saturday I mean, taking rubber it, it's it's kind of uh you know something that's probably going to happen yeah it, they had sun all day we had the heat um they weren't able to kind of work it during the week because of the rain that they were having. You know, it's it is and what it is. I mean, it, it's still, you know, the the sprint car feature didn't really lock down super hard till about the last eight laps. Um, so you know, the some of the faster guys that had to start start towards the tail or start in the middle of the pack were still able to get up through there, and it wasn't like we you know threw the boat anchor out right away, and, and it took rubber on lap two, and we were all pissed because we burned all of our tires off
1: you know, yeah. talk to me about one of those deals, the way the track drove, uh, this would have been your first time in this redesign, but had you raced a race saver at Harlan before?
3: No. And I think that's the first time the three Oh five has ever been there. I'm not, you know, a hundred percent certain on that, but I know the three sixties had been there a couple times. Um, and it was still big. Uh, but, uh, with the, with the three Oh fives, I'm fairly sure that that was our first time there. And, and like I said, going back to, you know, being able to hopefully go over there next year on a, on a weekly night and have some moisture in the track with a curb, that place is going to be awesome. It was, it Uh, was a lot of fun early in the night, both nights, really, even, you know, and on Saturday it kind of started to get dry and kind of started to take rubber there in the heat races. But, you know, me and me and the Duke went to battle (laughs) on the initial start. It took us three times to get it right. But, you know, it was just one of them, one of them deals where I was, I was up on the top in the cushion and, and he was kind of hung out in limbo land there on the bottom, knowing that he had to get to the moisture and get to the cushion to be able to, to lead that heat race and win that heat. And we played some games with each other and got yelled at over the, 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 uh, race receiver but you know, <laughs> we got it. We had to add a little bit of excitement to the Man, thing, can't at believe least for the car guys. I mean, you know, what's new. Stu, you know, I think a weekly deal there, you know, with, with, I don't know how many cars they average And nor, and normally they say that they're over by 10 30, 11 o'clock at night. You know, you put us over there on a weekly show with some moisture in that racetrack and it's going to be, it's going to be really good. I, I really kind of wish they'd get rid of them big ass monster truck tires and just go to maybe what Eagle has or cut a berm in it. Because if we hit those, I mean, I I seen what it did to some stock cars. Hell, it ripped the front off off our frame if we hit them.
1: Yeah, you're tearing up a lot of stuff.
3: Yeah, that's gonna get expensive. But I I really uh I I thought it raced really well. Um, you know, you put 25 of us out there or 24 of us out there, with a good track, you're gonna see slide jobs passing every corner. Like it, it's not gonna
0: be one of those where we fall in line.
3: It's gonna be a, a hell of a good show.
0: you've you've been around a little bit and i know you do some traveling you hit quite a few specials over your lifetime do you think for a special like this that seven classes is a little much
3: yeah it's it's just too many it's too many cars it's too hard on the racetrack it's too hard on the race fans it's it's almost kind of too hard on on i don't know how where cole was with i mean obviously he was faster than shit on saturday when he won in that late model i got to watch it from the staging, but it's hard for us to try and keep up with the track because it changes so much. I mean, you're down, you know, you run your heat race and then you sit around for three or four hours, wait for your feature. So it's kind of hard to, to be able, you know, it just makes it challenging to be able to read the racetrack and know what it's, know what it's going to do. I mean, on Saturday, we kind of all knew what it was going to end up, but that's um, yeah. For that type of special, I think either you cut it back to, to four or five at the most, and if you've got over 50 cars split the qualifying nights up or or do something like that to where i think saturday we had like 10 b features you know what why no way that's that's insane yeah there was 10 i think there was almost 10 b features because i think each class had two or three b's and the sprint car class i think was the only class that didn't have a b main on on saturday night yeah we lost said- two cars on friday night we had a b uh, yeah, um,
0: you guys only had twenty four cars on Saturday, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Yeah, and a couple went
3: home just just because it got so late on on uh, on Friday night, and they ended up driving back to Lincoln, where I mean hell, I would have I mean, we stayed because you know we got to Toter home, and and Roger got a hotel room, so we stayed, and and we were already planning on that anyways, but it it kind of worked out well because you know like I said, we didn't I didn't get out of my car Friday night after the feature till like 3 a.m.
0: Wow. Yeah. I know Chad said he was staying home Saturday. He we mm-hmm. got home at 445.
3: Yeah. So yeah, I, I think didn't... if you're going to do that, that big of a special try and limit the cars, just, just the classes, just for the main fact of it's, it's a special event. I get it, but you still got, or you still got to be able to get us in and out and get the fans in and out and, and whatnot. And just the laps on the racetrack, um, it would definitely, definitely cut back on that. Well, the three
0: of us were talking before you joined the call, call about, or before you got in here about having uh, two full shows. Yeah, you know, do something like festivals... that. Well, or it if, was or or if you want to
3: do, if you want to do like that tiny Lund memorial for each class, split the classes up to where these classes run Friday, these classes
0: run Saturday. Well or go to qualifying on Friday and features on Saturday.
3: Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, qualifying and features only on Saturday.
1: Cole, uh, from your perspective, driving a, a light model, a limited light model, and then the modified, what did you see and, and what did you feel out of the track? Was that your first time there?
2: No. So I, uh I had a super late model race earlier this year, and then I went there for uh, two weekly shows, one that got rained out. Uh, and actually to be honest with you, the track was different every single night, but it wasn't bad. So uh the first night with the super late model, you know, there's a nice cushion. Uh the second time I went there is pretty much, you know, blowing off from the bottom to the top. And then at this deal with all the rain they got, I was a little worried about it getting rough. But the track held together pretty well. Uh there was definitely uh the top side was a little rough for the late model feature. Um, you know, entering corner one and, and the middle three and four, uh, you know, it was it was getting kind of rough up there. But uh the track held together really well. They didn't prep it once uh in the show Friday night and yeah, I know for a fact they never took rubber in the late model feature. Um, Saturday, I, uh, I had the late model heat race. There was a big cushion, but, uh, you know, a lot of guys could still roll to the bottom pretty well. Uh, I was actually the last heat race to go out of the night for the modified. And I think the sprint cars, they laid some rubber down on the top. But by the time our modified heats got out there, that rubber was actually gone. And it was pretty much just blown off slick. But there was a cushion on both sides. Uh, and guys could roll the bottom and the top. Uh, Tyler jerky came and talked to me for the late model feature. And he goes, uh, you know, are you guys going to lay rubber down? I said, man, you know, if I'm being honest, I don't think we're going to tonight. Um, but we just so happened to actually lay just a little bit of rubber down on the bottom with about three laps to go. Uh, but altogether, you know, the mod feature, obviously was rubbered up around the bottom, but for as many cars as they had, I thought the track held together super well. Uh, I know that they uh, already know that they can, prep the track a little bit different when there's that many cars again. So it doesn't take rubber. Um, but yeah, you know, overall, I thought it all held together well. And I think uh, there is some room for improvement, but uh, I think it'll work out pretty well next year.
1: Another thing that somebody brought up that I, I couldn't quite decide if I was going to post on the Front stretch Facebook page or not. I inevitably decided not to, but the fact that this track hasn't had a winter to settle Makes it difficult to for them to be able to work it.
3: Yeah, because yeah. you gotta you gotta get it hard. You know, if because yep. it, it hasn't been able to to kind of settle and and if you got it opened up to where that moisture can really get in there, then I could see I could see it for sure getting rough and and nobody wants that.
0: Yeah. Well, <laughs> without it, since it didn't develop any holes, that's kind of where you know that that thought process comes in of having it harden but i think as dry as the summer was and as hot as it was the days that they weren't putting water on the track i'll bet that thing you know was cracked open like a you know the desert you know like the salt flats crack open yeah i bet that really dried out good on sunday and monday and, and whatnot so that probably helped a lot
3: mm-hmm. yeah no they, they did a they did a tremendous job for the amount of cars that they had to deal with. And, and even when they worked it, you know, Saturday after Cole's last, last um, mod heat race there, it was, it was shaping up to where I thought it was going to be, going to be really good. And then it, you know, with just, you know, once again, just running that many cars and that many laps on it before the, before the, you know, the features, even the A features started, not even before our features started, but just the A features themselves that you could tell that it just kind of Blew itself back off, and there wasn't there wasn't enough up top to where any of us could try and build a cushion to, to get around. But you know, hey, they're they're trying, and they did a. I thought they did a heck of a job for. I don't know how long it's been going on, but you know, for trying to to re re regenerate it and rebuild it and and make it as big as they did, I thought they did a heck of a job.
1: Yeah, there was a lot of money added to the purse even leading up to. Race weekend, I, I think I'm looking here, I'm seeing it. <laughs> Technically, Friday morning, uh, they were still posting that more money had been added to the 305 purse, more money had been added to the compact purse. Uh, the Added money to the purse or the shortened track, which one was more of an enticement? Cole, I'll start with you, for you to come down and
2: race it. Uh, You know, for me, I go in there earlier this year. Uh, It has a lot of, you know, it's kind of similar to Eagle, just not as banked. And I just, you know, I, I love Eagle. Uh, everyone knows I love Eagle. And to have another track that's kind of similar, but, you know, definitely gets slicker, different type of dirt. Uh, it brought me there, you know, for that. I, I never, I never race for the money, you know. Uh, obviously, a lot of people know there ain't a whole lot of money being made. Uh, so I never really even look at the payouts. I just uh, had a good opportunity to race a good late model and uh, had an opportunity to take my mod up there. So I did it. And, uh, you know, anything to support a track that's trying to uh, get more cars on their weekly racing as well, you know. Uh, I've been telling people about this place for a couple of weeks now. And, uh, I think a lot of people, you know, open their eyes and, uh, I hope it all works out next year for them.
1: Stu, was there ever a question when they added 305s to the bill that you weren't going to go?
2: No,
3: no, no, we were, we were going to go as soon as they added us to it, we were going to go. And it's, it's just one of those deals where it, it, uh, I hope that we put on a good race. I hope that the fans enjoyed it. I hope that the track guys enjoyed it to where they could have us back because that's another racetrack we can go run these cars at. And, you know, we're not really sure what's going to happen with I-80. I know I got a really, really nice, expensive 360 sitting in the garage that I don't know where <laughs> I'm going to run it. You know, I really don't. I mean, yeah, I can drive to Knoxville. Or I can drive to, to South Dakota. I can drive to Kansas. But, you know, you're trying to do it all on your own. Um, that, that can get pretty expensive pretty quick. And it just was another opportunity, I thought to uh to try and be able to run a couple more races with this car this year and you know, go t- try a new facility. And if if we put on a good show to where they want to have us back, that's another track we can run at. You know, maybe there's there might be some of those weekends, you know, where we could run Thursday at Columbus and Friday at Denison and or or even Friday at, at uh Harlan or Saturday Eagle or Harlan Saturday. You know, you can go you can kinda go where where you got some options as long as uh as long as we made them happy and, and put on the best show that we possibly could with the with everything that we had handed to us, um, we we were gonna go regardless. Uh, it was nice to see those checks get a little bit bigger. Um, you know, for the for our class, uh, we really appreciate those extra sponsors kicking in that money, and they, and they didn't have to do that, especially the like the, the like you said on Friday morning. Yeah. You know, I, I opened up Facebook and like, whoa, oh, wow, they added another thousand dollars to the purse payout for the A feature for us. Like these guys are throwing money at us. And they never even seen us race over there. So I was kind of <laughs> like, well, we can't go over there and look like clowns, because if we do that, then they're, they're going to waste their money and, and they're never going to have us back. And at the same time, we can't be arrogant assholes and, and bitch about everything that was wrong. Yeah, I mean, it's, why not? You guys have been obviously, doing it they it? know there's room for improvement, and they did a hell of a job with what they were handed. Hell, they had 260 some cars. Yeah. At a race it's that they like, probably thought they might. Be arrogant. Yeah, no, we can't. We can't. <laughs> we can't. We get a bad name, and then nobody wants us back. And and I, you know, and I'm I'm with this whole shortening the race tracks. Um, you like this idea. I do, because anymore, even with the 360s, even with the outlaws, they get so strung out. And even Mm -hmm. some tracks with the late models, they get after the first three laps, it's over. You know, and everybody's like, oh, well, yeah, but you love Belville. Well, I love Belville for other reasons. I'll always go to that place. But the shortening of the racetracks, it it does make the racing a lot tighter and a lot better. Um, I think it gives a better a better show for the fans. I mean, yeah, we get in these things to go as fast as we can, but. You know, we also got to look at the big picture without the fans, without the tracks, we go away. Yeah. And I I would assume that it has, you know, these guys are shortening these racetracks also because of the insurance might be tightening up on them. Hey, you guys can't be, you know, these insurance policies for these racetracks. I don't know if it's based off size, but I know if I was an insurance guy, I'd base it off size. Yeah. Well, you know, you dump a car at 60 mile an hour or 80 miles an hour versus dumping a car at 140. I think you're gonna be a little bit better dumping it at 80.
0: Right. It's it's not that technically the size, but it is because they do get rated with the mile an hour. Mm-hmm. You know, which again relates to the size. You're gonna go faster on the bigger track. So yeah. They, well then no, let's let's that.
3: uh you know, you just look at the amount of time it takes to prep it. Smaller track takes less time.
0: Oh, you yeah. got you got prep time less you, got, water. you got pace laps, pace laps yeah. during the it show takes less fuel. The show I mean, in.
3: yeah. You know. want to get the show quicker? I mean, you know, pacing the field, pacing the field at, at Cameron or at Harlan or at Eagles is a lot quicker than pacing the field at at a, at a huge half mile. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely.
1: And, and working between I eighty and Eagle, I've I've that, that's blatant every weekend. Mm-hmm. You know, if yeah. if Lisa's over there trying to get drivers lined up, and we finally get them lined up coming out of Turn Four, we got another thirty seconds. We're waiting to go green at yeah, Eagle at least at Eagle, we come out of turn four, we got 15 seconds till we go green. Yeah. And yep. that adds up when, you know, you've heard the receiver. There's some nights that nobody's paying attention
3: for some reason or somebody's disagreed. You listen to, to him You listen to her. You listen to Roger yelling. was like, man, dude, he stopped yelling. That guy don't even have it in. <laughs> he's still, <laughs> rolling, he's still rolling around sitting fifth when he's a lap car, when he's supposed to be seventh. And he's, he did not even have it in. Just quit yelling. Black flag his ass. Let's go. You'll be the yeah, you'll be
1: absolutely. the few people that'll understand this joke Stu, But can we check Max Rosalind's receiver before yeah. next season starts?
3: <laughs> Please. <laughs> he he actually he, uh, Max, you know he, he's a good kid. He runs the same. I got him kind of. I don't know whether he kind of looked at my helmets and was like, "Hey, I want those because those are probably one of the safest safest helmets in the world. They have speakers in them." You can literally get him with speakers installed in them with a cord coming out the side of the helmet where all you have to do is plug it in.
0: Get him one of those
3: or do we gotta get him uh, do we gotta get him a triple A battery sponsorship? <laughs> we'll oh. Get him an energizer sponsorship.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll get him one of those. Everybody pitch in and get him a hearing test. How's that work? <laughs> Something. It
1: might be the problem might be between the ears, but we'll we'll get down to that part eventually. <laughs> All right, well, Cole, to... I'm going to ask you this question first and uh, I'm going to take a couple of options off the table. You've got one recommendation you would like for Tiny Lund or for Shelby County Speedway to make changes for 2023's Tiny Lund exclusively. Um, I'm taking less car count, less, less uh, classes out of the options and I'm taking parking out of the option. What's the next thing you would suggest?
2: Uh man, that's kind of tough. Um. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna ultimately say we're gonna they're gonna need more uh grandstand space and more bleachers uh for the fans and people that are in the pits. And then I'm also gonna say uh when they go to do a track prep at intermission, you know, uh just work on getting the tracks that way it'll it'll hold a little bit but be- hold the moisture a little bit better and longer than it did.
1: Okay. I'm gonna let Stu answer, but if you get another one, we'll come back to you, all right.
3: Man, I don't know. He pretty much hit the nail on the head with that. I looked up there. You know, Friday night, and it it was pretty it was pretty thin crowd wise, but it was also fifty degrees. Mm-hmm. Um, and I looked up there Saturday and I thought, man, they can't hold another person up there. Um, you know, so so obviously adding adding the more add more
0: grandstands would be good.
3: Uh, paying ten grand to win the three hundred five show, I redraw the
0: poll. That'd be another <laughs> one we'll show in there. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, there's no redraw. Automatically, Stu gets yeah. the pull. Yeah.
3: Yeah. But no, I, you know, other than what Cole said and whether what you took out, took away from us to be able to say, I, I thought it went really well. Um, you know, working the track and intermission was good, but maybe working it harder or deeper and getting to break that crust more, um, to where it could have stuck around a little longer, or we could have at least built a curb around the, around the roof of that place. Um, but but I I mean, the fire squad, the ambulance crew, they as soon as those they had a couple uh, hobby stocks or stock cars get upside down. They were right there. I think there was a there was one time where the ambulance was coming on the track and they, they really weren't stopped yet. Mm-hmm. So they're They were, they were, they were uh, you know, Johnny on the spot. If, if I really I really stuff. felt
1: like that, too. The, the extent that I got to watch on Friday, it didn't feel like we had that sitting around and wondering what the hell we were doing. It moved efficiently. I, I thought yeah. maybe there was a couple of situations where the, the wrecker crew could have cleaned things up a little bit quicker. You yeah. Know, like, love him or hate him. There's been times that Roger has told the, the auto connection tow crew, if you got to hook that thing up and just rip it into the infield, I don't care. Get the yeah. show going again.
3: And, yeah. and, of, and of course we, we wouldn't appreciate that, but right. And, and that's no, not necessarily
1: it, the <laughs> mentality that Roger's going for, but yeah, his, He's getting the point across
3: of like, let's, we got to go. Let's go. Yeah. You guys got to get your shit figured out. Get this thing hooked up and get it off the track.
2: Uh, Anything else, Cole? You know, one more thing. This goes back to what Stu said about them tires. Uh, I think, you know, just for weekly racing without even a sprint car, you know, sprint cars being there, if they get like a Knoxville type berm on the infield and then they get a little cushion buildup, I think you'll have racing on the bottom and top side by side all night long. Yeah, that thing would be great
3: if, if, if they could get it to where you guys and, and even us could hook up a left front on a berm yep. um, and get rid of those big-ass tires. It's it's going to build a curb around the top also to where, yeah, even on a weekly deal, that, that place is going to be a good time. Stu, yep. I think I know the back. answer
1: to this. What's your next race?
3: Uh, We're going to go to I-80. We're going to run the 360 and in, in hopes of trying to get the points I need and beat Jason Martin. And win a championship at, at I eighty, and uh, you know maybe maybe even finally win a show there. Um, <laughs> and then we're gonna run the three hundred five also, and in, in hopes of, of of winning in that deal and running up front with that thing again. We got she's getting a little tired. She got some shows on her, but that's that's the plan. So cool. it's it's
2: gonna be a little busy. Cool. Well, what's your next show? uh Cornester Classic. We're gonna I'm gonna race the. One of the 18 late models again with the bragging rights there. Uh, haven't decided if we're going to take the mod, but for sure going to be in a late model. Fantastic, guys. Thanks so and much for joining us. we he's going to try and
3: find a ride for,
2: for Saturday. <laughs> I think it's Saturday.
3: <laughs> That'd be awesome. <laughs> I gotta, I'll, I'll try and make some calls. to see if we can't figure something out. We got to get you in a sprint car. All right.
1: <laughs> guys, we're going to run out of time. Thanks so much for, for joining us. I really appreciate it. Yep, thank you. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Bye. Stu Snyder and Cole Wayman joining us. Uh, great conversation with those guys. Uh, I think that turned out pretty good. I, You know, something new we're trying out, and I think those were two uh, insightful people. They had good words.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was a good half hour. I mean, you know, we got discussed what we wanted to get discussed, and you know, a couple guys with a little bit of experience. So yeah,
3: yep,
1: definitely. That's going to do it for us today. Uh, big thanks, to everybody, for joining us. And uh, make sure you guys uh, continue to donate to the to the Alzheimer's Walk. I'm getting so close. We are $1,300 away. We are. I am, uh, yeah, $1,300 away, I believe. I haven't really posted a lot about it in the last couple of weeks. So I need to probably pick that up again. But as of uh, today, the day this is published, 18 days left to raise – Eleven hundred and forty-five dollars, if my ma- my quick math is correct, we have eighty-eight fifty-five. We need ten thousand. I believe that's eleven forty-five, right, Dirk?
0: Uh, yeah. You said eighty-eight fifty-five. Yeah. Yep. Eleven forty-five. I'm getting so good. you were using a calculator. You ain't fooling I, nobody.
1: I didn't. I swear, I didn't. <laughs> Big thanks to Rick Havenridge of Wealth partners. Find out what Rick can do for you today, rickhavenridgeadvice.com. Even though the stock markets are down, my 401k is doing great. And I that's because I moved it over to Rick Havenridge a long time ago. Once again, rickhavenridgeadvice.com. That is not a paid endorsement. So anybody in the FTC, just turn the other cheek because that was not a paid endorsement. Quaker Steak and Lube, uh, your la- your chances to getting that to winning that pallet of Bush Light are dwindling. Get down to Quaker Steak and Lube this week, and especially on Thursday. That's the cutoff day, and that's the final scheduled uh, classic car cruising. Weather looks like it's going to be absolutely gorgeous. Get out to Quaker Steak and Lube, enjoy some classic car cruising, enjoy some great wings, and buy a ticket for the pallet of Bush Light course thanks to joe's carding and if you're looking for an iRacing computer prices are actually coming down this day and age we get to talk about prices coming down and that's not something we get to talk about very often uh, if you're looking for an iRacing computer give me a call today 402-659-5641 dirk anything else nope that'll do it we'll talk to you guys on thursday when another edition of the front stretch gets published thanks a lot for listening we'll be back on thursday the front stretch presented by joe's carding Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. I've been talking about a hard drive upgrade on the PubCast for quite a long time, and here's a little more detail behind it. Older laptops, older computers, maybe four or five years old, the hard drives that came with them just simply were not built for Windows 10. A new hard drive from Taylor Computers in Repair will breathe brand new life into your laptop and computer. Not only will it make it faster, but it will make your laptop battery last longer and it will run cooler, which will also help the battery last a lot longer. Not only does your computer or laptop get even faster, but all of your files, settings, pictures, everything is exactly where you left it. Within about a day, maybe two days, you're gonna get your same computer back but it's gonna run faster, cooler, and the battery's gonna last longer on laptops. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Find out what a hard
0: drive upgrade can do for your computer and get some valuable time back.